Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Well, you may be wondering why I've called you here today. It's to listen to four people wax lyrical about how some of us did okay, some of us did well, and we all had a great time at the ITT. How are you doing, my dear leader, Chris? I'm, I'm very ill, but other than that, I'm, I'm not too shabby, thank you. How are you? Yeah, no, I uh, I had a great time. I see Gitley's in the chat. Uh, I will be talking about that because I had the extreme pleasure of round four and five playing against viewers. So uh, I'll get have a, a bit chat about that. But yeah, no, just riding off the high of the ITT. Uh, I'm back in full enjoying 40k again. Nice. I haven't even looked really at the new set of magic cards. No, so, not uh, play magic player anymore. Dream you know, player. it's serious. Uh, I couldn't tell you the names of really any of the cards in the new set. That is madness. Yep, it is madness. So uh, fully back to the, the grindstone. But I'm not ill. So it yeah, sucks to be you. Uh, <laughs> Lewis, how are you doing? I am also ill, so I am going to. I have the mute button here, ready to go for when I become a snotty mess. So I'll try and press it in time, so nobody has to listen to this. But other than that, I had a great weekend. Good, good. And uh, someone we don't normally have on the show, but uh, someone I've known a while. How are you doing, Rob? Yeah, good. Hi, everyone. Yeah, really well. Um, just buzzing from teams. How much fun is it? It's great. It's the best play to work. Guess. I, as you can see, my brain hasn't fully caught up. I'm still enjoying <laughs> myself, but my brain's gone. Yeah, no, it's the best way to play Warhammer, just just hands down, I think. But yeah, we have some uh, people in the chat. Good to see John Bread, uh, who played against Legion in round three. Uh, didn't stay for the wooden spoon. That is heartbreaking. Um, who else we got? Gitley as well spoke about. Uh, Connor, Jack, and Sindri as well. We will indeed be waxing poetic about plastic. So it's a, it's a fairly simple one tonight. Before we get into the ITT, though, some would say we're pretty good at promotion. At least one person says we're the best. He's not here this week. But in his stead, I will say, what do we got on time, Chris? Well, what don't we have on? Um, <clears throat> let me just check. Right, no, so obviously um, we've had the data slate that came out um, last Tuesday, and... We're getting busy talking about all those sorts of things. So what Tom has done, um, the Drukari specialist, um, also he says, is he's decided <laughs> to talk about the Sky Splinter Assault. So he's done a um, he's done a video all about that. And so if you're interested in checking out what that has to offer you and you're a Drukari player, then make sure you watch that. Or in fact, if you're just curious as to what you could well be facing, as I'm sure many Drukari players go, well, maybe this is a solution to all of my life's woes. So um, make sure you check that out. Scrivo is an Eddar back on the old um, Cracking the Codex, thinking about um, the Dark Angels. So they've got the one which is all about the Inner Circle Task Force. And then, as some of you will know, we have our series called State of Play, where we interview the best players in the world on their faction. Um, and Tom spoke to Brian Sype of um, Team Ignite, winners of the International Team Tournament. Um, and he talks all about Orcs and the, their state of uh, kind of in the current um, meta and what to look forward to um, with them. 
Um, so yeah, and then in terms of the pipeline, I know Davey's got a bug watch coming out soon. He's going to go live. And then I will also have my episode on From the Road to the ITT, where I'm going to be going in-depth into like the pairings process um, and kind of how that went down for each of our rounds um, for the um, for the ITT. So kind of like a behind-the-veil look. I'll have our matrixes up for each game. I'll talk through why we chose to defend with each person. So if you know you're interested more in the kind of like that aspect of teams, and I know having now played into teams who are really, really good at pairings and teams who are kind of just flying on the seat of their pants with it, um, I would say that, yeah, I think there's certainly some things that a lot of teams out there could maybe think about and consider, which would definitely add a lot to their team's experience. So hopefully I'll be able to break down some of those things and that'll be coming out on Friday. Um, as always, if you want to buy Warhammer things, buy them from Composite Games because they um, you get 20% off. And then if you use the code PLUS, you will get an additional 5% off of that 20% and we'll get a little bit of moolah. Um, and finally, our patrons, you'll have noticed that there is no more patron because um, we've closed it down um, and we're going to be making the transition to YouTube membership. Um, so that'll be up in the next week or two. I just need to get my head around it as soon as I'm not ill and have a bit more functionality. Um, we'll get that up and running, and but we'll, we'll broadcast that as and when it happens. But don't worry, we've not all just vanished off the face of the earth. Um, but yeah, we have closed down that, that Patreon for now. But yeah, that's us. Lovely stuff. Thank you. Yes, of course. What has happened is we've taken all your massive bucks that you've given us, yeah. provided no value, and we're going to retire to the Bahamas. Yes, which absolutely. is uh, a runner. Absolutely. <laughs> we've definitely made enough for that. So before we get into, we'll do a little bit of a round by round, maybe not go super in depth because there's three teams and there's five rounds, so it'd take a while. But I want to get your thoughts on the ITT, how it was, teams in general, um, let's start with you, Rob, because I think it was your first team's experience. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, I didn't, yeah, I said first team experience. I didn't really know what to expect, but the lead up, it was, everyone was really psyched for it. And just going through the matrices the weeks before was, uh, it was just another part of 40k and realizing you don't have to win games was such a change as long as change in mentality compared to, uh, what you usually go to in singles, wasn't it? It's a good place to be in for Drakari, who might struggle to win games, but can probably get some points. Yeah, I think my matrix was uh, was very very yellow when when we populated it. Um, but yeah, but it was um, good fun getting the prep. Um, yeah, like I said I was on Drakari. Um. <laughs> Lovely. We'll get we'll get a bit more detail from you as we go through. Um, yeah. But then, Lewis, how was your event? Yeah, we, we really enjoyed it. So we, I was captain of the Legion team, by far the best team, um, clearly. Um, and this was the first, it was my third team's event that I've been to. Um, first with the Plus and first as a captain. Um, and I, being a captain is very well, being a good captain, which I definitely was not, um, being a good captain, I think, is a huge amount of work. Um, to be able to find a way of keeping on top of your game and the rest of your team's games, and then making decisions about how your team should be playing their matchups, 
I think, I mean, that's way, way beyond my level of skill at the moment. So um, that would be something really interesting to kind of look into, because I think that kind of follows on from doing your prep in advance and, and getting your pairings right and getting your matrices right. And then actually, how do you lead a team in a team's event in a way that actually kind of helps the team rather than me just kind of play my game and then see how everyone else does, which is how I approached this particular event. Lovely. I think now's a good time as well to shout out Jack Doddy, who was an absolute hero yeah. all event, who turned yeah. up as our support staff. Not, as I referred to him all weekend, as our water boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm allowed to do it. I've known him for ages. Um, I, he said afterwards that only two two people asked him to get water over the entire weekend, which was me. Did, was it you as well, Lewis? I think was... Scriff. Oh, yeah, no, I did as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, tried, we but he didn't people. have any water. <laughs> <laughs> he said he wasn't sure if it was if people just didn't feel comfortable asking him to do what is effectively a menial task. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he, it was fantastic. It was really nice to see how all the other teams were doing as well because he'd come around with his whiteboard, you know, stand there, make sure he wasn't interrupting something. He'd yeah, ask you how do you think you're doing here? What you get? You look at the uh, the whiteboard and go, oh, it looks like we're projected to get a 63. You know, if you need to, you know, put your foot down or you know, really squeeze those extra points out. Uh, we definitely absolutely. used that more and more over the weekend went on. I think the first couple of games, we were all just a bit like, oh, okay. Um, Who cares? Yeah, yeah, not cares. sure <laughs> what I do with this information. Again, it, it comes back to how, how to be an effective captain, I suppose, which I think is probably be a really interesting video for those those captains that are that kind of lead the world teams. Mm. Um, yeah. But it just, it just highlighted for me the importance of having a coach at a team's event. It just makes such a difference, doesn't it? Yeah. Definitely. To be able to actually just for Jack to be able to come up to me and say how the other four were doing, even if I didn't necessarily use that information, I could at least see if someone was getting hammered mm. or someone was doing much better than expected. I could at least kind of factor that into my own thinking. Um, yeah, definitely. Lovely. Quick before we go to Chris, um, good to see you, Jack and Nas. Shout out to Warmasters. Congratulations. You did beat us a little bit coming in at fifth, I believe was where you two ranked, whereas uh, Alfaris only came in seventh, but uh, deserved very well played over the weekend for you two. Chris, how was your weekend? Yeah, I mean, we'd obviously done quite a few um, team events before. I was, you know, I've captained quite a few now. Um, and that whole kind of getting your head around what everyone else is getting on with does take some time to get used to. Um, but the coach side of things is invaluable. And I think, like, for me, it's... I've got a bit better at being able to play and also check in on other people, but you don't really have the mental space to be working out the overall game plan of who needs to be pushing where, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's just not possible. You need other people to be doing that. And Jack, the fact that Jack was able to do that for, um, for three different teams was mm. kind of quite often he'd come over to be like, I'd be like, right, how's it going? He'd be like, well, Legion, are, and I'm like, I don't give a shit about Legion right now. <laughs> Tell me about my four uh, other games. And he'd be like, oh, oh. Uh, but um, yeah, it was it was really good to be able to like look, as you say, look at that board and go, oh, okay, it's just a bunch of tens and twelves. Okay, this is fine. Or oh, we've got a we've got a nine. Lee's on a nine. Oh, he's on a nineteen. That'll come up later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was um, a massive shout out to Jack, but. Uh, yeah, I've obviously I've got a bit more experience with captaining um, team stuff, so it's quite nice just to. For me, a big part of it is the pairings process and really digging into that, and I've been enjoying that. Um, and that was something we want to keep on getting better on as a team. And I think that was a big thing for us that it felt that we did quite well. If 
you know, when I do my episodes and I talk through our matrixes, um, every game we won according to the metrics, um, which I guess is kind of all you can really hope for. In theory. I think it's really it's really quite hard as well, going back to what Jack was doing with his whiteboard, to accurately predict the score you're going to get over the course of a game, even in the middle of the game, to kind of predict where that game's going to finish is really hard. Like to actually, especially early in the game as well, to go actually, you know, I think this is a 10-10 or actually this is the way this is turning out. I think it's actually really thinking hard about your games and your matches, doesn't it? In time, yeah. trying to produce good habit to get into um, in terms of, well, actually, let me do the quick calculations. Oh, this is, I'm going to get roughly this score so I can predict it forces you to look ahead doesn't it look ahead three turns or two turns and go actually where am i likely to be where is where is my opponent likely to be and then what does that translate into in terms of a score you kind of do that accurately there was a couple where jack was coming up like at the start and i was like oh i think i'm only gonna get a 10 and then come up come away with like a 14 or something and it's like oh cool i did better than i thought but then um yeah kind of i guess getting that accurate i guess is really really important yeah when it comes to practice right yeah, I think on top of that, it forces you to stop. I know I, I need quite a bit of time when I'm playing, and I don't. I, I just keep keep going and don't actually stop. And Jack coming across and talking, where okay, I just need to take two minutes to stop and look at this game state and figure out what's happening. It was it was huge for that too. You're smiling, and you know what I do with the clock. So for context, yeah, classically, <laughs> every single game that Rob has ever played at a tournament ever has gone to time. Uh, and he does play with the clock. He's not using anyone else's time. But uh, you only need yeah. ten minutes for your last two turns. That's all you need. I don't know how you do it. And <laughs> oh, that would stress me out. Yeah, it's, uh, it stresses me out, and I don't even I don't even watch. I'm like, where's Robert? Oh, yeah, he's still still playing. It does feel quite strange. Um, actually, like saying what you think the score is. Mm. With your opponent yeah. there in front of you, going, I think this might be a seventeen. Your what opponent's is thinking, I don't think this is a seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to smash this guy. Yeah. Going back to what you were saying about score prediction, that's definitely something that the more teams events you do, that you get better at. Um, this is now my fourth teams event, and I felt like when Jack was coming around, I could give pretty accurate representations of where my score was going to be. You know, as soon as sort of like the end of turn one, middle of turn two, I felt like it, you, I knew roughly where it was going to be, which is, you know, just nice to have. But it's just, it's reps with everything, reps with the army, reps with the matchup, but then reps with the uh, the team's process as well. Definitely. And I think I, as, as these team's events get bigger, because they're just doing more and more and more of them, aren't they? Because I think people are realising how much fun they are. I don't know if anyone else thought the same, but where Legion were in the middle tables, hmm. there, there were no like easy easy rounds there every single team was full of players where the standard is so much higher than it, even even three years ago i think the standard yeah. is is significantly higher so there were no easy games and, and every single team had a couple of really nasty well-constructed dangerous even as i say in the, in the mid tables um so it's really good to see i think the standard of 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 how our game is progressing and and, and how well people do with it even as i say even not when you're thinking about the top tables absolutely all right well let's uh let's get into the rounds we don't have to give a full blow by blow but let's have a quick summary from each of you for each round as we go through do you want to start lewis with the the first round going into round one on the saturday morning is it worth i don't know if it is ed going through mm. what our teams consisted of maybe 
that makes way too much sense. Um, but given that you suggested it, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Give us, the give, us, give us names and also give us what they were playing. Yes. So if we start with Legion then. So we had my good self, Team Captain, on the Tau, which was a Ghost Kill Hammerhead Storm Surge list. So I don't do Very meta. normally. Yeah, no, 100%. You know what I'm like. I try and do something a bit different. So no crisis suits to be seen. Um, then we had Scrivo, our pairings master, um, with his Blood Angels, one of them Iron Storm lists with Dreadnoughts, Whirlwinds, Death Company, that sort of thing. Jamie Clifford um, of OG 6++ fame with his World Eaters, um, Angron and Friends. Um, Jamie East, who I hadn't realised, sponsors our shirts. His little air conditioning company sponsors our shirts. He had his uh, MSU Land Fortress Sagittarius Votan list. Um, and then Hero of the Weekend, Hero of the Plus, Dave Murdoch with his Grey Knights. All MSU, all the shit that jumps around everywhere. So that was that was Team Legion. Lovely stuff. Who did we have on your team, Rob, on Team Omegan? Yeah, so on Omegon, we had myself and Drukai, which was just basically there to draw games and just... Uh, just mess with matrices. Uh, we had Tau, um, Jack on his Tau, Frank on his Demons. Um, we had Alex on Necrons and Lee on his Templars. Um, so we're all, it was basically a team of faction specialists who uh, just knew their, their armies inside out and hope we could leverage that and just play the um, play for the draws and surprise people. In theory, that gives you a real advantage with the matrixes because you should know roughly what you do into every army. Do you feel like that came through for you with the experience you had on your armies? Um, I think it did. I don't think our team realized how much of an advantage it is because we underestimated a lot of our matrices. And then when we actually got the matrices done, we yeah. got the pairings in, we're like, actually, this is this is much better than we initially thought. Yeah, Jack's just said that in the chat. He did a spreadsheet and compared it to uh, your results to you, what you expected to get. And Definitely uh, not what feels... I'm looking at just off screen here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it looks like you massively undersold yourself, but that's good. It's uh, it's nice to see some overperformance there. And uh, Chris, who was on your team? Um, yeah, so, so you had myself running the Eldari because they're quite good. Um, we had Lee Churchwood on CSM because they're also quite good. Um, we then had um, Ed on the Necrons because, surprise, surprise, they're quite a good faction as well. <laughs> um, we then had Tom on Votan um, because we had lots of different options for Tom, um, and we ended up going for that kind of like knowing your knowing your matchups, knowing the army. That kind of we thought that would probably be more beneficial than throwing him something which he hadn't really had much um, experience with. Um, and then finally we had Paul. Uh, Mr. Four himself, um, who uh, was on Dark Angels, surprise, surprise, but he did go for something a bit different. He had uh, 20 Deathwing Knights, so shock horror, um, but, you know, they were advancing and charging and full back and charging, so uh, that was kind of one of those things where Paul's a very good player anyway, but it's something a bit different, and I think one thing we did discuss over the event was that when you go into a matchup and you know exactly what it is, that's great for you. Um, but also your opponent also knowing it um, maybe isn't so great. Whereas you can surprise some people um, with them not maybe understanding your list or how it works or the combos and that sort of thing. There were quite a few off meta lists there. And some of them certainly did surprise us in terms of like, how they worked and mm. how they functioned and that sort of thing. And that can be a big advantage in teams. 
Yeah, and I think now's a good time to to mention because obviously I was on your team. Uh, I don't think my list was a good teams list. Uh, it was what I was practiced with going in. Yeah. But if I'd been able to put together hypercrit and play it competently, that would have been incredible for the team. Um, I th- I think apart from round two, I'm still very pleased with how I did game wise. But just having a more teams focused list would have been a lot better. Um, and that's something that you've got to think about when you're you're looking at your team composition and working out how you want to to um, what what you want to put into different problems. I but thought having a brick wall of meat would be a lot more valuable than it was. Yeah, and that's it. Is it? I think in teams there's a lot of um, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Mm. Like you go, you do the event, and you're like, oh man, what? It was so obvious. Why didn't we have this, this, and this? Well, it actually wasn't that obvious at the time. Um, it was, you know, think about. Think about the amount of times we've put a lot of thought into our armies and our lists, and then someone has gone and built a list, and we've gone, "Oh, that's so clever! How did I not think of that?" Um, Shout out to literally last week's podcast. Uh, Thanks, David Gaylard, for showing me the light. And uh, Illuminous Eris is just incredible and goes in every Necron list. Yeah, exactly. So I think yeah, it's one that we can beat ourselves up and be like, "Oh, why didn't we?" But actually, you just need to have played in the tournament and gone. Uh, now I see that actually this would have been um, would have been better. I think we'd certainly had some uh, some takeaways from that. So. I think we um, probably the only player in Legion anyway that had that built a team's list specifically was Dave Murdoch's Great Knights. He literally built them to just score points. It did nothing but jump around the board and score points the whole time, which I think in a singles would mean you lose a lot of games, ninety two, ninety three, but in teams that's exactly what you needed him to do so um i think he's put a lot of time into building a list that was very very specific delivered a very specific role within the team and i think potentially probably the rest of us just i mean i know i definitely did took a a, what i thought was a half decent tower list and put it on the board like it wasn't designed to do a particular thing and i think as you say with, with hindsight it's a wonderful thing but i think i could definitely have tailored that to be to to deliver a particular role within the team and that's probably again, again the next step that um i know kind of alpharius and and our, our top team have taken those steps and i think some of us in in the other teams can probably learn from that and, and move forward lovely all right before i was rudely interrupted with a brilliant idea um we were going to talk about round one so uh, I've changed my mind. We're going to talk about it first. Round one, I had a great time. I got to play Necrons, uh, which is a wall of meat into Grey Knights, which want to stand on objectives. And it's on uh, Scorched Earth, where you burn objectives. I had a fantastic time. I can only sing the praises of my captain, who paired me into such a lovely matchup to start the day off. How did round one go for us in Alpharius? Um, yeah, so we played Low Rollers, who I'd say probably there more for a good time than a long time, maybe. Uh, but they were lovely, lovely folk. Um, I'd done a few practice pairings the night before, and our matrix looked pretty good. Interestingly, then I did manage to come up with if they led with Eldari, and we were going to lead with Dark Angels, there was actually a way where all of our games ended up as threes, and it was just going to come down to player skill. And I was like, this isn't satisfying. Um, as it was, they didn't lead with Eldari; they led with um, they led with demons, which meant that we got to put two fours or be in this i'll be referring a lot to like ones twos threes and fours what i mean by that is on our matrix a three is a draw a four is a reasonable win the fives are you're going to smash them a two is a bit of a loss and a one is you're going to get smashed so because we were able to put two fours in um 
you know, it kind of the pairings just wrote itself. The other prerequisite being that I, as Eldar, had to avoid Necrons, which led to me playing the um, me playing the Eldari Mirror, which was absolutely fine because he had a Wraith Knight um, and two Wraith Serpents with um, Wraith Blades and the Avatar and that. And I had like you know obviously my Eldar list is a bit more finely tuned, and so that was absolutely fine. Um, so the way. It, Went down. Paul um, won 15-5 into Vanguard Marines. Um, Lee won 20-0 into the Demons, so it was, in fact, quite nice for us. I beat the Eldari 18-2. Um, Tom had to play into a nasty Necron list um, and drew 10 all. And then Ed was very mean to some Grey Knights and won 18-2. Um, yeah, he was, my opponent was lovely. We had a great time. Uh, just, you know, lots of fun as I stopped him from scoring any points. Yeah, like it's definitely going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, we won that round 81-19. Um, and it was kind of, it's quite nice just to blow the cobwebs off playing the army. Neither Tom nor I like that particular mission, um, the Dawn of War Scorched Earth. Um, but pairings went well. Um, so, yeah, it was like a good first round for Alpharius. How did you get it on yourself, Lewis? Yeah, so um, we also won our first round, which was very, very exciting. Um, our, I guess because we're not quite as experienced, our matrix was green, orange, red. Um, so we didn't do a numbering system or anything like that. I think it, to do that would have implied a level of understanding of our of our armies that we just didn't possess. So it would have been kind of useless information to have. So um <laughs> We no, we didn't spend as much time on this, and, and clearly it shows when we get to some of our losses. But the kind of rough plan that we would go into each matchup with is to stick my tower out first, and hope they put the two nasty things like Eldarius SM or whatever against me. I would take one of those and try and score some points from it, um, and then use our kind of slightly more aggressive lists like the World Eaters against their first defender and try and use those lists to get the higher scores. Then Dave would go out a second defender and 10-10, something strong, hopefully. Um, and that was the kind of rough plan. And and the first bit went all right. I was I went first, I, I put myself down as first defender each time um, and ended up mostly into things that were horrible. Um, but after that, I think it, it got quite hard to predict, especially because of the standard of the lists in every single team was really high. There wasn't a kind of dearth of things that we could comfortably beat um, and we ended up having a lot of oranges paired into our matrices so you'll see other than one game every single game we had was within sort of 15 points of each other so um, even the ones that we won were very very close because we did have a lot of oranges and there was a lot of 11 nines and 10 tens going on so um, yeah but no our first game we were in against the five roads buccaneers um, uh, really lovely guys a um, couple of couple of them that Scrivo knew they're going through the Team Wales selection process at the mm -hmm. moment. So probably a slightly harder pairing than we wanted round one. Um, but we hadn't counted on Mr Murdoch at that point and the work that he had done in advance. So this is where he really came into his own. He, We ended up having to put him against that hypercrypt, nasty Necron list with the monolith and the things teleporting all over the shop. Um, and... I remember getting about halfway through my game and both me and my opponent had just stopped and turned to watch Dave lay out his movement phase. And I have never, ever, honestly, I have never seen someone pilot a list that well 
live. Obviously, I, I've watched Art of War and things like that where there's some really incredible players, but watching Dave play his absolute heart out and get that 10 into that absolutely insane Necron list, we, we the rest of us, were just like, whoa. So the close wins that the rest of us got meant that we managed to win 54-46 in that round. I, th I think it's worth saying as well, I'd been on the other side of that matchup, and obviously I was playing a different Necron list. Yeah. But I, I got the pair, I was like, cool. Cakewalk. Easy. Just got to score as many points as I can. Probably shouldn't have dropped the two. Should, should have got a 20-0. So Dave getting a 10-10 in that matchup yeah. is fairly phenomenal. And I think they, they thought the same thing as well. And I think because when we put him down a second defender, they literally were straight in with... Um, oh, actually, I might be putting down as an attacker. I can't remember how it worked, but they basically picked Dave almost immediately into their Necron player. They were so confident, I think, that that was going to be a positive result for them. And then, to, I'll say honestly, to watch him play, I'd never seen it like that. That was brilliant. Um, so credit to him for that, because that basically meant all the close wins that we got from the rest of it was enough just to push us into the uh, into the win bracket. So against a, a team, as I say, of people trying out for the, for the Welsh international team, we're, we're really proud of that as a first start. Since you're not going to big yourself up, I will. The close win, you mean the 17-3 you got into GSE. Well, yeah, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> and on that note, Rob, round one, how'd you do? Round one. Um, so we went into Hawaii 05, lovely lads. Um, like, like your first round pairings, I think they're, they're there for a good time as much as anything else. Um, so we did a lot of pairings practice when the um, when the pairings went up on, was it Thursday? Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday. Yeah, so me and Jack, we spent about an hour and a half just going through all the different permutations and what we're going to do to try and get our pairings right. So we had it all planned out in our heads already when we got to the table, which was quite nice because I have no idea how pairings work. <laughs> so I was uh, very thankful that we had Jack Chapman, the uh, pairings master in our team. It was, uh, yeah, it was amazing to have that. Um, so yeah, we went to our pairings, we put demons down, um, and from that point we were able to manufacture it. So we got the demons, which was a one into orcs, and then everyone else was on a four. So our matrix was looking very, very good from the start. Um, and then we, through our games, we were getting updates from Jack, and um, yeah, we managed to get a 91-9 against them over the whole round. It's a very oh, close. Yeah. Shout out to uh, to Franco for his uh, scoring 15 on his predicted one. That's <laughs> he absolutely smashed it. Yeah, don't let him hear I said it because he might, you know, get a big head. But he is quite good with demons, isn't he? He is quite good. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's all right. He's all right. Lovely. So a successful round one for all of us, uh, which is a great place to be. It always feels a bit rough if you lose the first round of an event. You you know, start from the back foot. So moving into round two, we had. Um, Maybe some slightly harder opponents. Let's start with Alfarius again. We grew, we drew into. Um, I was going to call them the wrong name. Tryhard. Um, I can't remember exactly which name because Tryhard did have some of the best names at the tournament. They did, yeah. Um, so yeah, we basically drew into Tryhard eighty, um, who are one of the stronger teams, strong strongest teams there probably. Um, you know they've got. Um, Alex, who plays for Team Wales, you've got Chris Patterson, a really top Aldari player, Danny Porter, a very strong player, Josie, um, who's a Necrons player who, I mean, beat Mike Porter on, in the year that he was pretty much taking down the ITC. Um, Sam Nash as well, who we know. So they're a really, really strong team. And this is one of those matrices where there was just a lot of threes. There was a couple of fours. Um, but the main decider for us is that we kind of knew that 
pull or pull you that he absolutely could never play into um, triple spinner or double spinner or diary. So as soon as the opposition had that, as long as there wasn't anything else horrendous for Paul, he always went down first. And he would take whatever else was offered apart from the Eldari. Um, so in this case, it was guard. So we're like, sweet, we'll take that, because that's a four in our matrix. They put down Tau, which they did all the time, because they tried to put Tau on the light board. And I'm like, well, we've got two fours on that matrix, so down go CSM and Eldari into the Tau. Um and I think in the previous round, um, Danny and his Tau had lost to Harley, who we all know might not be listening, um, had lost 15-5. So maybe he didn't want that, so he thought, I'll take on the CSM instead. So we've got two fours on the Matrix right off the bat. And now you're looking at what's left, and it's, well, Aldar can't play Necrons, so that means Eldar have to go down. And obviously they put the Eldar down first, um, and we put down Eldar down as well, so both our second defenders were Eldar, which meant that the Eldar obviously chose the other thing, which wasn't Necrons, which levelled us out at my Eldar into Chaos Knights, which is a very interesting matchup. I've heard so many different opinions on this matchup. Um, at Saffron Slam, Ed came up with the idea that Chaos Knights might be good into Eldar. We kind of playtested it, and we do feel it can absolutely be really good for, um, for Chaos Knights. Um, they can go full send, put so much pressure on the Eldar. Um, and this matchup can go anywhere from a 9-11 to like a 15-5 to Eldar. Uh, I, was ch- I was actually chatting to Ben Jones, you know, to be fair, one of the top Eldar players in probably the world. And he was saying it's a 15-5 every day of the week to Eldar, having just lost 13-7 to uh, Chaos Knights. Um, so, you know, it can go the wrong way, but I had it down as a three. Um, it did mean Tom was playing into Votan, which we had down. Uh, Tom Votan was playing into Eltar, which we had down as a two. Um, so that was a bit dodge. And then we had the Necron Mirror, which we, of course, just assumed would be a three. It would just be drawish. So that's kind of that's what we went with. So we're actually sitting in this... Um, we're actually sitting in this thing thinking we've got two fours, we've got two threes and a two. So we've won the pairings. We're in a good place here. It's just kind of go and do it. Um, and this was a bit of a back and forth round in terms of like picking up how other people are feeling. Um, Chris had a bad first turn into Tom's Votan, like whiffed a lot. We were like, okay, well, that's good. Um Paul, on the other hand, has scored no cards for the first two turns. He's just, he's been worried about the manticore, so he started everything off the board. So after two turns, I think he was 44-12 down. So we're like, oh, this isn't good for a winning matchup. Uh, Lee had somehow managed to get battle-shocked and not been able to Nurgle strap his accursed, and they'd been obliterated by some towel. My game was KG. And on top of that, Ed, you weren't having the best time. I I put down a three on the matrix and you got a three out of me, not the three you wanted, <laughs> but you got three points out of me. You did, that is. yeah. We we hadn't really thought about the matchup at all. We'd just gone Necrons into Necrons. Obviously, that's a three. Um, they had thought about the matchup and gone, "This is a big one for us. This is like a four or a five. Um, they they definitely wanted this matchup. Turns out, yeah. Um, so uh, when it when the dust settled, 
Tom mm. had lost four sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I had won fifteen five. Paul had managed to get all the way back to a ten ten, and Ed had lost three seventeen. Yeah. So it came down to could Lee win eighteen two for a draw, and he'd had quite a really a really good like round three or something. Could he get an eighteen two win for the draw? And we were all like stood around waiting, like, and one of their players was saying, "Oh, it's, it's either an eighteen two or a seventeen three. It was super close." Turned out to be a thirteen seven, so it wasn't actually ever really close. But um, yeah, so we lost that round fifty five forty five, which in old money would have been a um, would have been a draw. Um, but we weren't having draws unless it was fifty four at this event. We probably um, should point out that Zach has now said that he will be doing typical WTC. Sport. Yeah, that was my feedback to Zach um, after the event was that we were quite. I think that having that bigger margin of points for a draw this gives you even more stuff to play for right mm. um and he said that they'll be doing that um so yeah a really close loss we paired well according to our matrix i think maybe just not understanding um one or two of the matchups is what kind of co- co- um, cost us there but you know like from what i heard you know ed you definitely said you felt you could have scored a few more points yeah i had a combination of making a few blunders and then having some horrendous rolls, which I'd normally never complain about because in a singles event, you either win or you lose. You're like, yeah. I typically don't find that rolling poorly loses me games because I put myself in a position to win. But in this case, it cost me maybe, you know, five points here, five points there, which in a team's environment actually is felt yeah. very rough. Yeah. Um, I know Tom said that he basically drew no cards. He could score for the final two turns. Mm. Paul couldn't score any at the beginning of the game. God, um, jo- jo- Josie only scored bangers on her secondaries. And there is no, like, I'm not in any way claiming foul play. I drew her cards for her. Like, yeah. this was fully above board, but every time I clicked the button, I was like, oh no, what have I done to myself? <laughs> <laughs> this is all my fault. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of, so we lost, um, I think we probably a bit flat after that, you know, it's definitely felt like a round we could have won. Uh, full shout out these guys then went on to play dice down um next round and drew 50 all mm. and then won their next two games so they went four wins and a draw and came fourth overall so a really strong team and the fact we ran them really close um you know we're really happy with it we'll get you next time try hard well we beat them at birmingham last year and then lost to them this year at the itc well you went on the team that's probably why uh, no, it makes sense. Of course, I was the one who uh, had the bad score, but it's somehow your fault. Yeah, I mean, I understand. Captain's responsibility. Of course, of course. Anyway, before we look too deeply at that statement, we'll move on. And Lewis, how was your round two? Um, we may have shat the bed a little bit in round two. <laughs> <laughs> um, bit of a disaster on the pairings, meaning we basically just got reds and oranges into everything. So, um, who did the pairings in that round? Because you, you had Scrivo, yes, Scrivo. We lost Scrivo. Uh, we lost Scrivo. Did you? We lost Scrivo. He was having his lunch somewhere, and we couldn't find him. And then the was he on his round... way? He said he was on his way. He said he was right by the door, and then he failed to materialise from the door. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, I ended up having a go. Not good. Not my key skill. <laughs> Um, it was started well. We did did what what the plan was. Put myself down. Went into the Eldar. Got the light board. 
which turns out to be quite we'd, we'd kind of practice my towel on the light board in advance because basically with the storm surge in the um on the light board is you've got the dl in the middle you can basically just sit on that and see two out of three of the central objectives with a model that will just delete anything that stood on those objectives so and it's not possible for the eldar player to come out and hold those objectives without being in line of sight of the storm surge so um that's something that we'd we'd planned to try and get, which actually worked out really really nicely. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's my entirely my fault. Should have waited. But we ended up losing sixty forty. Um, so actually, some of those reds were more like oranges. So I think we did better than I expected after we started going, um, which is a testament to the guys, really, um, the way they pulled through in some of those pairings. Um, Scrivo was not impressed with me because I think he got like a one or a two or something. It wasn't good. Um, and uh, yeah, but I think it was it was good practice. The guys, the, the Warwickshire Wargamers guys, they're really lovely. Um, so uh, they, they were still fun games, um, but we definitely struggled. Um, but I, it, it helped, for, for me anyway, it gave me confidence that that first part of our strategy, which was put me into something nasty, worked quite nicely. I was able to 13-7 that triple night spinner incarn horrible wraith guard list thing um so felt confident that that first part of the strategy went well and even even dave going into the chaos knights which is an awful matchup for him i think he still managed to get six or seven points out of it so he got a seven um, again yeah. that's a that's a tw- zero twenty every yeah. day of the week so again yeah it's it worked out it worked, i think we learned a lot from it um and we can probably be more confident in the future. But I guess all of this is learning, isn't it? All of it is the more times you play these matchups, the more accurate you can be yeah. in terms of what, what they should look like on the table. Um, so, but yeah. Lovely. Um, well, we'll move on from the, the collective round two disasters to uh, a round two victory. How was your round two, Rob? Yeah, it was good. It was really tight. We were uh, we we're up against Trash Wargaming A-Team. It was uh, Matt Palmer was... Um, the captain uh, played him a lot. He's his local around here, and um, and Ben Pierce. Um, I got to play against him, which was great. I've uh, known him for a long time and never actually played him. Um, but yeah, this one, our matrix looked absolutely horrible going into it. It was always going to be a losing pairing when we went through. Um, so again, we uh, we decided to throw Franco under a bus, chuck him out first, let him let him absorb something, and try and squ- scrounge some points. Um, so we ended up going to CSM. Um, and the other pairing um, was Black Templars into Votan. We luckily won the roll-off for table deployment um, for board choice. So we put Franco's demons on a light board basically to save Lee's Black Templars into Votan. Um, so we threw him under a bus twice really? in one round. <laughs> he, he, he had Bellacore. He couldn't be shot from, from 18 inches away. It's fine. Yeah. It wasn't fine, but um, it's fine. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we we did that. Um, we got our Tau into guard, which was a very our most favoured matchup. That's what we were aiming for with all of the pairings. Uh, Necrons into Death Guard, which uh, could be good either way. Um, it turns out Alex is a very very good player, and eighteen wraiths are good at the game, especially in teams. Um, and I got to play Ben's full meta Aldari, which definitely isn't Josh Roberts' list. It's just stolen. <laughs> um, yeah, so the games were all 
dead close. Um, Franco got absolutely done by CSM, um, so which was expected really. when we threw no, no, the opposite of dead close, actually, <laughs> looking at the scores. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, our pairings, it looked like a, a losing losing pairing, um, but everyone else absolutely pulled it out. So um, Lee, Jack, and um, Alex absolutely smashed it with two 13s and a 20. And I managed to hit my prediction with a five into meta Eldar with my Drakari, which I'm more than happy with. Just tried to be annoying and kill chaff. That's a great result. Yeah, I think if you can shut that chaff down quite quickly, then you do limit their ability to kind of really pull ahead mm. on and the primary. Never, and never shooting their Wraith Guard is a good thing. Unless you have Ghost <laughs> Kills. Ghost Kills are great with ghost Flat Damage 3. Yeah. Shooting ghost kills from twelve point one inches away, going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we so we managed to get that round by fifty five. I think it came down right to the the last rolls of the dice in the last two games. So it was very close and a very fun game. Oh, very fun round. Perfect. Excellent, Ed. Ed, because you hate me, would you uh-huh. like to read Jack Doddy's comment out? No, I've been deliberately ignoring it. Uh, if you want to read it out yourself, you eager. No, because uh, you <laughs> my head won't fit can. out the door if I read it out. But <laughs> you're the host. Fine. So Jack says in chat, Jack, who was going around and looking at all of the different teams. So Jack was the person who really does know. He says to pick up Lewis as a player for context. He was the high, third highest scoring six plus plus player in terms of team points over the weekend. Uh, we all know that's because he gave himself nice easy pairings, uh, which is why he did the pairings. Getting the Screw! I've got that, and I think we can move on before uh, we we say anything else nice about Lewis as well. So coming into round three, um, I enjoyed that. By the way, that was that was nice to hear coming out of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> coming into round three, uh, Alfarius especially more than anyone, we were all stood outside, a mixture of sad and furious uh, with ourselves, some more than others, and. Um, the the vibe going into round three was let's get a hundred oh. How did that go for us? Um, well, yeah, I'm looking forward to people seeing our matrix for this when I do the road to the it's beautiful. It's a thing of beauty. Essentially, it was pretty much all green. Um, oh, you got 25 matchups. I think 24, 20, 22, maybe of them were green or. Uh, Pink, yeah. which is a five. Uh, it, was, it felt good. Basically, we were playing Northern Old Boys Squad, which when I try to shorten it on my laptop, turns out they're called North. <laughs> um, so, fair play. Fair play. Didn't realize that one until I started typing it out. I was like, well, that's probably intentional. So, I'll leave yeah. it. Um, so, they were very chilled guys. Um, really nice. But yeah, they had a, um, they had a few funky choices um or maybe not like top meta picks um which meant that we were kind of pretty confident going in um what was quite interesting for from my perspective anyways i personally know i'm not like a go and win big player even though i'm playing eldar i still generally if you look at my singles events i'll only win by like 20 points right so i don't get big wins so i was regularly putting myself as threes um and so regularly, my matrix was actually the worst um, out of everyone. And this was definitely one of those. It was also there was some armies I've just not played into. Um, and I just didn't want to. So I put a three there based on the fact that, well, it's Eldar, so I'm sure I'll be absolutely fine. But I don't know actually what's going to be. Um, Tom was um, had a, managed to get his 
teeth into anything yet. So he was kind of like gagging at the bit just to, you know, absolutely destroy something. So he led with Tom and he got to play in the world into World Eaters. Um, they led into they led with Necrons um, and sorry, they led with Ultramarines, which Ed went into, which then when I went down and arc to avoid the Necron game as always. So I ended up into Grey Knights, which for those of you who don't know at WTC um, the Americans literally built the Grey Knights list to just take on Eldar because it's just draw, it's a draw all day long. Um, our CSM got to play into their Necrons, which we'd already practiced as a game and knew was good for CSM. And our Dark Angels was into their Imperial Knights because we know Paul likes to beat up Knights. And this round went, yeah, I think we were always pretty happy. There were never any kind of concerns here. Um, I was sweating my ass off trying to play these grey knights who were just zipping all around the board and it finished like 96-92 to me. So uh, that was a draw. But everyone else got wins. Um, Ed won 14-6. Lee won 20 nil. Tom won 16-4. And Paul won 16-4 as well. So uh, the overall win was 76-24. So we felt we'd, we'd gained a bit of, bit of honour there. Definitely, uh, definitely improved the mood coming into the uh, the end of the day. I think we needed that one to to reset the reset the game. How about yourself, Lewis? How was your round three? So did rounds, you need to reset? We, yeah, I guess um, Squirrel definitely did. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we played into a team called the Four Brain Cells. So our first task was to work out whether it was their pairings person that was the one missing the brain cell, um, which would have worked into uh, into our favour. Um, this was a team, I think they ended up winning the wooden spoon. Bread is in the chat from that team who uh, I had the pleasure of playing his Votan. Um, this was I'll team... read his comment because you won't. Also, Lewis is a pleasure to play against, even when he's tabling you. Lies You're slap. loving this, no Ed, don't you? <laughs> uh, stop saying nice things about Lewis. Not good. Sorry, continue. Need, someone, someone needs to come in and, and call me a twat or something, and that'll be uh, that'll that'll level it out for Ed. And he You're a twat. To me. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciate <laughs> Thanks, that. <man. laughs> um, yeah, so this one, um, they uh, it definitely wasn't the most kind of competitive set of lists that we played all weekend. Um, so I mean, they still had the Necrons and Tau. Um, but we had some, we had Votan and um, Thousand Sons and, and bits and bobs in there. So, um, really lovely group of guys. Um, and I think this is uh, this is a round that I think Scrivo felt the most confident into when we paired it up, um, because I think we basically got all five matchups were the ones that we wanted going into the game, um, which is really nice. That makes you feel a bit better going into it. You can you can relax uh, you can relax a little bit more when you. Um, when you kind of feel confident into that because you can let a couple of results slide and still get the win, which is good. Um, but this this round really was uh, kind of summed up by two amazing moments. Jamie Clifford's Angron versus Magnus in single combat. Angron just ripped Magnus's head off. But it took him it took him two rounds of combat to do that. Um, I thought Angron would just go into Magnus and rip him apart. But no, he has, he has to take two turns to do it. Um, and uh, Jamie East versus the Tau. Um, on his final turn, he uh, he draws behind enemy lines and capture any outpost. He has a unit 
that has to make a very long charge onto the Tau player's home objective. He rolls a double six for the charge. His Votan unit careens across the board onto the Tau player's home objective in the last turn to get behind enemy lines and capture any outposts for like a 12, 15 point swing. Such and... a Jamie. <laughs> for those of you who have not played Jamie, which is going to be most listeners, let's face it, I've had the dubious pleasure of playing him many, many times. And he's just that guy. Like he just does it. Or I remember yeah. playing a practice game with him. Like turn one, he was like, oh, I don't know if I can make this charge. I was like, look, mate, just roll the twelve. If you roll the twelve, you can you can you can have it. Oh, yeah. and we rolled the twelve. Good. Like he just does that all the time. Him and was it the contemporary the Volkite things, which used to do mortals on sixes. Oh, you've got like fifteen shots. Oh, I'm glad you've rolled eight sixes for mortal wounds then. He's just he's just that guy. So uh, good to have in a team event when you need yes. to push. When you yeah, when you just need to just long bomb it and see what happens. Um, I yeah, I made an error. Play, Jamie played the Eldari, not the Tower. So um, that was, uh, but it was still hilarious. Um, and the the ended up being a twenty six seventy four win for the Legion, which was really really good. Um, as I say, I got to play uh, Bread's Votan, which was really good. I think we Bread was quite aggressive very early in the game, which um, I don't think he needed to be. Um, I think he could have kept the game a bit closer if he had played a bit more cagey because he, he allowed me to pick up quite a lot of the Votan very early in the game. So we had a good chat after the game finished about how he how he plays that matchup next time um, and, and hopefully gets a game that's much, much closer than what we played when we got it. So um, I think uh, going into Tau can be really quite challenging, especially when you've got the ghost skills and things like that, jumping around and generally being annoying. You can't touch them unless you get close to them. And if you get close to them, you're then in range of everything else. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, we play that game again and it's much closer, much closer result, I think. But it was good. So we ended day one on uh, on two wins and a loss, which is a good result. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Screw in chat says as well that their worldy display account was a legend. Uh, no more details than that, but he was sounds good. Yeah, excellent. Uh, and finally, we have yourself, Rob. How was your round three? Yeah, it was um, again a super tight one, as our oh, yeah. matrix kind of predicted. It's uh, all all of our matrices are threes, basically, or, or just on the other side of a two and a two and a four. Um, so we went into the Sanguine Spinners, uh, Spanners, um, lovely group, very, very good team. Um, we, uh, yeah, when, when we got our pairings up, we, we looked like we were going to be at, at a draw, um, just on, just on the positive side of it. So we had Jack into Chaos Knights, which we thought was okay. Maybe, maybe on our side, Black Templars into Votan, which is not great. But it's not horrible. We're still getting points out of it. Um, Cron, our Necrons into Tyranids, which was a very, very good pairing. And we managed to get Demons into GSC, which again was a good pairing. Um, and I got to eat CSM um, just to take it off the board. Theme for you for this uh, weekend, wasn't it? Eating something um, that was horrendous. Yeah, it seems like it was my my, my job just to uh, just absorb something while everyone did their thing and just try and scrape points, which I actually find a lot of fun. Being just the spoiler and the defender is, is great, isn't it? It's just yeah, it's so satisfying to do. Yeah. You've got, I think you generally have two types of players, don't you? You're those who enjoy going and smashing something and being that big win kind of guy. And you've got those who actually revel on pissing someone off and ruining their day. And um, you clearly 
did a really, really good job with that. Um, playing as Jakari, you know, you know, for a lot of the time, it's going to unfortunately make sense for you to take the big bad. But if you can make it small, then actually that makes a big difference. Yeah, it was, it was the best weekend I've had, losing four out of five games. So. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the beauty of teams, isn't it? Like, it is. For me, it was like we had some players who've not been to teams before. And I remember Franco being like, yeah, I mean, you'd all said teams was great, but <laughs> I didn't really believe you. And you know what? I fucking loved it. And it's like, yeah, it's it's it is so good. I think during this game is when the, I saw the turning point of Franco's mentality. So mm. we we're, were in the last ten minutes of our game, I think, of our round, and there was just me and Franco playing, and we had to get, we we both had to push for like two more points basically to to draw the round. And um, went over and had a chat with Franco, and um, he was lining up a charge. Like, oh, it's a long one. It's like a nine-inch charge. I walk away, get back to my table, and just hear this massive cheer from him. He'd already, <laughs> won, he'd already won the game, but that was like the five-point swing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's setting up for the draw. So, um, yeah, we we played all our games out. They're all super close. Um, a couple of us hit just under our matrices, uh, but we ended up losing forty-nine to fifty-one. Oh, oh so, so close! Yeah, so so close. Um, so that, that was it was a it was a positive way to end the weekend though because they were a very good team um, with some very good armies and and to keep it that close it was it was great really. So that left us with three teams at the end of the first day going two one classic, which is great. So there was plenty of uh, me going finding Scrivo and be like, I'm gonna fucking body you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I said you know no matter what you know. The pairing says, "Just put me in a scribble. I want to play him. I want to get. I want to live in his head." Um, I also just like playing against scribble. We had a, have a great time, but uh, I was looking forward to some inter-team rivalry, which would have been bad because it ruins the chances of one of the teams to do better. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it would have been a lot of fun to do. Um, we have also been graced by another uh, large thing exploding and ruining Jack Tight's plans. Um, at some point i think we need to get him on do an interview for all of the games against top players where something explodes and it completely changes the game they are great <laughs> stories um but what i did want to say congratulations to jack tonic for beating liam vsl this weekend yeah. uh, obviously incredible player and i do want to just plug the fact that there are a few of us in the team who have beat him i haven't beat him at an event but i've beaten him in practice once uh, Chris has beaten him before, so technically, technically, at least two of us are better than Liam VSL, and therefore winners <laughs> of the LGT. I think that's how it goes. That Moving on swiftly, before anyone you know points any flaws in that plan. Um, do we want to talk about the 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 evening, or do we just go straight into? Round no, I mean, it was such a roaring success. Um, we had very excitedly, well, two thirds of six response had very excitedly. Um, booked TGI Fridays, uh, which was next door to many of our uh, where we were staying. So we nipped in there for our nine o'clock booking. Had to wait because tables weren't quite ready. You know, you know how it is when you make a booking at nine o'clock and it's still not ready at ten past nine. But hey, let's not get caught up on details. Anyway, we went in and five minutes passes and ten minute passes and fifteen minutes pass and then. 22 Ed, minutes pass. 22 minutes have passed. And then, Edge, you, you didn't quite, you weren't quite enjoying yourself, were you, Ed? No, so I'm I'm very easygoing. I'm very relaxed. <laughs> but I cannot deal with a lack of sleep and I cannot deal with being incredibly hungry. And I hadn't eaten for nine hours. Not as bad as Rob, who apparently just can soldier through on a, you know, a wafer thin mint. 
uh, given that you didn't get any lunch because there was a disaster in the lunch queue. But uh, yeah, no, I, I stood up and said, just to the table, well, you know, I'm not a knobhead. I didn't announce it to the whole restaurant, but I was like, I'm off. I'm going to go somewhere. I'm fucking acknowledge my existence because uh, I he love bad genuinely well. angry. Like, I was human. We've we been amazing. sat there for like nearly 25 minutes and no one had come to take our drinks or even say, you know, sorry, we're, we're busy. Um, you know, we'll be with you as soon as possible. They just avoided eye contact. I was like, oh, fuck this. And then I went to the Morrisons, got some bread, got some meat, got some sausage rolls, some uh, brownies with hearts on them for Valentine's Day. And some Lucas Oh, I had a great time. I was living my best life. Eleven fifty, and I had a, a meal fit for a king, or me. Um, so that was that was my evening. Then you all had, I guess, some nice food. At we had a lot of chicken. Yes. Uh, they did this thing called wall to wall chicken. Uh, boy, was there a lot of chicken! And did we finish it? Absolutely not. But you know, it was it was a tasty. How was your uh, How was your takeaway and pillow fight, um, Lewis? We had a very passionate night. You'll be pleased to hear. Um, we some of the Legion team, uh, not me because I'm spring chicken, are slightly on the older side of the uh, police lineup. So uh, the idea of going air air just doesn't appeal anymore. Um, nice. So we got an Airbnb just with one big bed um, <laughs> and, a <giant> bath. <laughs> and a really big bath. And we we cuddled up, we watched the film and we ordered takeaway. It was very pleasant. Um, I don't remember the name of the film, but it had Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock in it. Um, and they died very quickly. And the other they, guys? Yes, that was the one. Um, they jumped off a roof right at the start and then just yeah. got splattered on the concrete, which I was like, oh, I'm kind of looking forward to watching a, a Samuel L. Jackson rock kind of mashup, but it was not to be. Um, and uh, then Dave and I went for a run the following morning. So uh, we we were in bed by like half 11, tucked up all together. Um, well, Jamie and Jamie were. They stayed up a bit later to uh, whatever they were up to. I just heard the screaming. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, no, it was good. And then you had a fry up on the uh, the Sunday morning. Did Scriver we did. cook that? We had a, I, well, Scriver said he was going to cook that. Yeah. And we had this grand plan where Dave and I would go for a run. Um, and then we'd come back. Everyone else will have a showered. Breakfast will be on the table. We'll be, have our breakfast and we'll be out plenty of time. Dave and I get back from our run. House complete pitch black. No one is up. Can hear no noise whatsoever other than snoring. And it's like shit. So we then had to go around making loads of noise, wake everybody up, and then um ended up with me cooking breakfast. Um still a bit warm after my run. <laughs> but it all didn't worked get, out. It managed to get that domestic nightmare from the photo you put in the group chat. It all looked really peaceful and serene. So uh it was, there was no stress to... whatsoever. Yeah. Uh Callan Fire in chat says a uh, spanner here, wish our fifty one forty nine had gone the other way as we got a battering on Sunday. <laughs> sometimes sometimes getting a loss on day one is um it's not what you want, but it ends up being a blessing when you, you know, have slightly easier pairings later on down the line. Lovely. So into day four, we were refreshed. We'd, you know, had a look at pairings. Some of us had done it and talked about it in the restaurant. Some of us had filled in the matrix, um, sat, you know, on their hotel bed, eating a sausage roll. You know, some of us had put fours for Paul James across the board because that's how I see his his matrix going. Uh, how was our round four on the morning? Yeah, well, we obviously spent the Saturday night kind of browsing it, and I worked out a pairings plan based on the fact that Paul James had put down fours across the board. And then Paul went, 
I haven't done my oh. matrix. Who's done my matrix for me? Fuck. Like, oh, yeah, what Ed had done is just gone. Yeah, it's probably Ford. So yeah. like a whole game plan purely based on. It is a running joke that it, it, Paul James is a four into everything. Doesn't matter what the matchup is, was. So yeah. I was like, oh, this will be a very obviously a joke. Uh, and apparently, but no, because it could quite easily be fours. And yeah, that's uh, true. to be fair, he is usually a four. So fair play to the guy. Uh, so we played into Vanguard of the Galaxy, um, who had Chris Stout on their team. For those who don't know, Chris Stout is the OG of the phrase that we are relatable. Um, he he let them know that we th- he thought we were a relatable group of um, or, of content creators and then felt horrendously bad afterwards. No offence ever taken, but it's, it's a running joke. So we got to play these guys. They're all very lovely. Um, I think pairings went, well, again, pairings went pretty well for us, to be honest with you. Um, we were able to get in, um, well, we had to work out what we wanted to, what we wanted to lead with. Um, and we decided to lead with um, Votan. Um, they had quite a few skew lists again. So their guard list had like triple Bulgrin. Their Necron list had double Monolith and the Silent King. Um, they had Orcs. They had Nids, which is what Chris was on. Um, and our Matrix was a, probably a healthy halfway mix of fours and threes with um, just a few twos to try and kind of order. For me, Going in again, it was. Oh, I don't really know. I've never played into orcs. I'm not really playing into nids. I know I want to avoid necrons, but this is a weird necron list, so I might be okay. Never played guard, but those manticores are scary. And CK, uh, well, at least I know how to play it. Whereas everyone else was. Apparently, know, nobody knows how to play the matchup into Eldari. Yeah, well, yeah, this is it, you. As, as we'll get on to. Um, so, yeah, we led with Votan, and we ended up with Tom's Votan into their necrons, which we had as a four. They led with CK, which we put our CSM and Eldari into, kind of probably knowing they would take Eldari, which, you know, I'm, like, I'm fine with. Um, so that was a three on our Matrix. Uh, I did beat it 15-5 the previous day, but I would still put it as a three just because I know it could be swinging. Um, and then we decided then to lead with CSM um, because we could hopefully get a big win there. And CSM got Orcs, which was quite nice for us. That was a four. Um, our Dark Angels into their guard. Paul still backed himself as a four there. And then that ended with our Necrons into their Tyranids as a four. So basically we had four fours and a three. So we had won the game on pairings. We now had to just deliver it. This game did feature a slight mix-up where um, when Jack was walking around, he told, uh, he was speaking to Lee and somehow there was a miscommunication that led to Jack thinking that Lee was on for a nine when he was actually on for like a 19 or 20, which I think led to Tom having some sort of mini heart attack. But um, Tom was able to tell me like turn two, we'd already dropped one or two of the monoliths and that was fine. On top of that, my Chaos Knight opponent, he knew Eldar really well. He said he'd when he played into Eldar before and gone like full push, um, it just not gone well. So after turn two, he just decided to play really defensive and stay on his half of the board, except that he was going to lose. And just try and keep it close, which I'm like, sweet, I will take my uh, win there. So, um, I got the 12 8 there. Um, and then the rest of the games were, oh no, I, I will take this moment to point out that we did just look across, uh, or maybe even uh, Tom put a picture in the uh, group chat, and there were two monoliths in his deployment zone, yeah. 
which was hilarious. Um, uh, sometimes it just do be like that. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't matter if you're holding the midboard, right? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm a bit a firmer believer of my deployment zone is uh, garbage and worthless to me, yeah. but I will have the rest of the board. Have the rest of the board, it doesn't matter. Uh, so yeah, Lee one nineteen one into the Orcs. Tom beat the Necrons 13-7. Paul beat the Guard 14-6. And then Ed um, sweated for three hours mm. to um, to a 10 all draw. I had a great game with Chris. As I said, I got to play against two podcast viewers on uh, on day two. So I had a lovely time while everyone else was kind of sweating. But um, yeah, no, it was, it was an interesting one. He had a non-emissary in his list, which I hadn't really thought about deeply beforehand. Turns out... I can't stop someone from getting a 10 on their primary every turn if they've got a non-emissary because um, my list doesn't really kill that very quickly and it has OC15. So uh, that if I think if I go first, it's a bit of a blowout because I can stop him getting to the objective, put my rates on it and then go, you can't get your base on there. But I went second, which normally I prefer, didn't do that and then went, hmm. That no emissary is going to stand on the point. Cool. I will uh, do what I can. I managed to deny him 15 primary at the end of the game, so I felt like I'd made some headway there. But uh, yeah, priority targets. Got to love it. I've got strong feelings on the matter. Um, yeah. Anyway, so moving yeah, on. Good well. round. Yeah. Good start to the day there. Lewis, how was your round four after you were refreshed and nails painted and had a lovely time? <laughs> I was looking good, mate. I was looking good. I can promise you that. Um, I have noticed another another comment in our lovely chat, Ed, that apparently you would just like me to hold you. Uh, uh, yeah, I deliberately didn't read that one out. <laughs> it's a little odd. Um <laughs> Um, but yes, no, round four. So it started with a bit of a time panic because I needed to use the toilet on Sunday morning. And I can see Tom is in the chat now. So um, Toilet Plus Plus is officially a go. Uh, one functioning toilet on Sunday morning for 500 gamers. Insufficient, in my opinion. Um, so I ended up rocking up relatively late with Scriver having already started the pairings in a kind of opposite play to uh, my screw up on, nice. uh, on day one. So, but luckily... Scrivo is good at doing pairings, whereas I am a complete disaster. Um, and uh, we were playing in to the guys from Dead Red Gaming. Um, and it was a very, very close one. We did lose in the end. Um, Jamie and Scrivo's matchup. So Scrivo paired into the CSM and Jamie paired, Jamie East's Votan paired into the Tau. Um, we Jamie had played the Tau on day one and done relatively well into it, so we thought that actually was that was a relatively good matchup for him. So we went with that, and I think actually with a bit of hindsight, I think we would have done something. We'd have flipped that round and given Scrivo the Tau and taken the um, CSM for the Votan. Um, of course, when um, Lewis says Tau, what he means is sisters, uh, but just replace the word in there, and uh, it all makes sense. So. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what I've done there then. I've I've clearly just written up the wrong game. <laughs> yeah. Well <laughs> Good. Well I played some Eldar, so yeah, that was good. And we lost the well, what the fuck I've done here for game four then. I've got my notes and I've clearly just read the wrong game. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I played actually I would I would shout out the um the Eldar player I played in that round was um 
probably Charles. Charles, yeah, one of the best Eldar players I have come up against, um, excluding our dear leader Chris, of course. Um, and he, we played, you know, one of those games where you kind of like you feel drained afterwards, but in a good way, not like mm. a horrible way. You, you obviously, when you're playing Eldar, you have to think all the time about getting shot back by the Wraith Guard, getting getting um, Phantasm, the, the um, teleporting shenanigans going on. So playing that is really, really intense. And we got to the end of that. I think I, I edged it 11-9, assuming I've gone this, um, this game report correctly. Um, and yeah, I think both Charles and I walked away from that going, that was a bloody good game of 40k. I think we both played to a really, really good level. Um, and um, yeah, very much enjoyed that. Um, you can tell me, Ed, did Jamie Clifford play his play against the Necrons in this round? Uh, Clifford, yes, he did. He did. Excellent. Good, because I wanted to shout him out. Uh, because similar to what you just said there, Ed, if the Necrons go first in priority mm. targets, they just put all the wraiths on an objective and you've got no hope of getting them off it. Um, and that's what happened to Jamie. Um, so his World Eaters had to absolutely scrap that whole game to get that 10-10 into that wraith list, um, despite going second. Um, so, yeah, but we ended in 57-43 loss, which I think is it was okay um yeah very good players tricky set of pairings for us um but i think nothing to be uh, nothing to be ashamed of there very good team so happy with that happy with how we played anyway perfect and then uh, finally rob you had a nice easy start to your uh, <laughs> your ch- your sunday morning right yeah, yeah, we um as a reward for uh, getting a fifteen, a forty nine loss on the uh, on the Saturday night, we got paired up into uh, try hard wargaming team A, which you guys played the day before. Mm. Um, very, very good team, as you guys know know well. Um, so yeah, they they were they were very strong. We looked it up at our matrix, and it did not look good. Mm-hmm. Um, so. We, we did what we could. Um, I had a horrible matchup across the board, all losses. So we threw me out first to try and take something off the board that someone else might be able to deal with. And I got to play Chris Patterson's Elder, which was an amazing game. Um, and from there, we, um, we we paired okay. We got threes and twos. So we had Necrons into Tau, our Necrons into their Tau, um, our Tau into their Necrons, uh, Black Templars into Guard, and Demons into Chaos Knights. Um, I think the highlight, one of the highlights of the weekend for me was um, halfway through my second turn, I just look across to my right and there was uh, Jack Chapman with a Nightbringer on his his home objective. And Josie was rolling dice on the other side of the table, just apologizing constantly. <laughs> it, uh, it, it turned out he'd shot, I think, 1,500 points of Tau into the Nightbringer and only just killed it. Yeah, this whole army along the back line just pumping this Nightbringer and uh, it just wasn't going down. Um, it, it eventually did. So he, um, he, he, he played an absolute blinder, actually. He, he managed a, a draw into that very scary uh, Necrons list into, um, yeah, followed by a very good, yeah, very good player. Um, yeah, we, we lost the round. Um, we only, we, it was a 39, uh, what's that? 39-61. Mm. Uh, but the positive takeaway was that we all hit our predictions. So <laughs> I, I, I think that's positive from a team yeah. point of view. Yeah. Um, it, it, 
with, with the factions we had, I don't know if we're ever going to win it, but we're going to give it a good hot run, which which we really did. Um, and yeah, it was uh, it was good fun. It was it was probably one of the funnest rounds, and it was our biggest loss. So, in retrospect, do you think there was a, a better set of pairings you could have got to maybe get a draw or a closer loss, or do you think it was just the army spread was so aggressive that you'd struggle? So looking, we had three pairings in the entire matrix that were better than a three, and they were fours. Um, so it was probably as, be- as good as we were going to get, um, and I-, I think it's just a faction breakdown. Um, we just it was just a very tough pairing faction wise mm. for us um, against very good players, so we couldn't couldn't uh, make the most of it. But um, yeah, it was a really fun game. I had a lovely game against Chris. Um, yeah, I I haven't had the pleasure of playing him yet. He is yeah. the loudest man in football. <laughs> He's, He's very like, loud. There was I stood next to him in round two, and there were times that I had to stop talking to Josie, wait for him to finish, and then continue. <laughs> there was lots of noise coming from our table. He, um, he had a three wound Yinkan come in and for capture enemy outpost. I had a Ravager on it. Yeah. So OC3 each. He came in, he punched it to death. Um, it exploded, um, but I rolled the one for the damage, so it survived oh. on two wounds and teleported away. <laughs> Uh, the next turn, uh, yeah, great, great fun, great fun round. Um, yeah. It lost, but it didn't. It didn't particularly feel like a loss. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I can't wait to lose to him at a singles event at some point in the future. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to that being in my in my future. <laughs> so, uh, moving on into round five, um, final round. Obviously, this is this is where we start to sweat because, especially, I, I can only really speak for Alfarius. I'd uh, we'd gone a bit insular talking about what we we're looking for and uh 3-1 at the time we're like what could we get there's a 50 50 that we get some absolute killers or we get a team that's about on par with us and uh i think i think both teams were probably quite happy with the pairing that they got basically just happy to dodge you know one of the big teams not getting into you know a pared down ignite or something insane like that yeah i think I think then what you hope for and what is designed to happen for these Swiss style events, or maybe not so more now that he does random, but is that you, your final game is one against very equal skilled opponents. Mm. I think looking at our scores, um, that was very much kind of like the case. They were all good um, tournament players. They absolutely knew what they were doing. Uh, it was a South London Legion playing against genuinely lovely group of guys. Um, and I think this the pairings went really well for us. Um, what's quite interesting actually, because I've been writing up notes for my um, for my um, for my road to ITT, um, is that after the pairings we were like we've won this game. Like, on pairings we've won this game, and it was wow we, we definitely outpaired them. Looking back at it, actually there weren't there wasn't the clear options that it felt like there were at the time, and we potentially actually got slightly lucky with the. Um, with the uh, with the pairings, just because of that second defender would have been quite flippish. Um, their their main mistake, I think, in the pairings was they started with tyrannids. Um, I'm not sure if that was them trying to like bust the tyrannids or something. But what it meant was we then had three choices. Um, we could either put CSM, Votan, or Eldar into the tyrannids, and it was like, well, definitely put down CSM, and who else is gonna? Who else has got the option of getting like the biggest win here? Um, my matrix wasn't great. Again, I just kept putting myself as twos and threes. And again, I've not played some of these uh, matchups, so 
So I was like, right, well, we'll give them Votan and CSM, and we'll see if we can get a big win here. Um, so uh, they took the um, they took the CSM. So we're immediately like, we've got that as a four, but realistically, that is probably closer to a five for us. Um, so now that we've got that, now we need just to kind of win, um, kind of win the rest of the um, situations. We'd started with Dark Angels because again they had triple spinner. So Paul's going to take whatever um, they don't get, which was um, the um, Necrons. So Paul got to pay Necrons, which we had down as a three, so we're reasonably fine with. So then the next round of defenders comes up, and in my head I'm very much like. Oh, you know what? As an other player, I was feeling really rough at the time. I was like, I just don't give a shit. As long as the other people kind of get good choices and can win their games, I'll just play into whatever. I really don't care. So I didn't even consider putting myself down, which was actually... So we put down um, Ed's Necrons, which actually worked out very nicely. Um, uh, sorry, they put down Necrons. Um, and... No, we put down Necrons and they put down Death Guard. That's the one, sorry. I've highlighted the wrong thing here. Um, which worked out pretty much perfectly for us because it meant that our, our Necrons got to play into their Eldari. Um, and our Necrons, we always feel Necrons is a very good matchup. Um, you want to get them into Eldari. So that was really good. The Death Guard, we just had a bunch of threes basically into it. So it didn't really matter who played into them. Um, so that was Tom, which led our Eldari into CSO. Which obviously is two of the big meta lists. You're thinking, well, should they really be playing into each other? But I was actually reasonably happy with that because it's a matchup I've kind of played before. Um, and I, at least I knew roughly what I was doing in that game. So the way our matrix paired out was that we had Dark Angels into Necrons, which was a three, so a draw. Um, our CSM into their Tyranids, which was a four or five. Um, our Necrons into their Eldar, which was a four. Our Votan into their Death Guard, which was a uh, which was a three, and our Eldar into their CSM, which was a three. So we'd kind of done the job when it came to the um, the pairings, and now it was um, up to us for to try and um, kind of like deliver. And <laughs> it felt pretty comfortable for most people. I did receive, after the game, I did check to see a rather frantic message from Tom. Um, of just pure panic. People need to push! And I was like, oh, I, I didn't at all ever. Um, I didn't think ever it would mean that uh, we had that sort of uh, issue. It didn't feel like that. Next to me, um, Lee was having quite a fun time into the Tyranids. Apart from the fact that they were able to stop him advancing and charging his accursed cultist brick, which... Um, which was not so enjoyable for him. Um, I had an absolute nightmare of a turn one into CSM. Um, he got first turn. All I realised was I've never played into double accursed. And also, he's starting very, very close to me because it was table quarters. I'm like, ah, this is actually a bit more of a problem than I thought. Then he rolled a six on his advance with his raptors, and suddenly they're picking off one of my characters for an assassinate. I'm like, ah, shit. Um, but what he'd also done is enable me to get capture enemy outpost turn one. By moving off his home field objective. Um, so that kind of it was one of the biggest back and forth games I've played. I really it was by far my even so I lose this game 12 8. Every turn it feels like I could win 15 5 or I could lose 15 5. Like it was just so back and forth. And you know, people are coming up like, How are you getting on? I'm like, I don't know. 
but I genuinely am not going to be able to tell you until it's done. And even on like turn four, I'm like, am I going to get to 50? This is a bit sketchy. Basically, turns two and three, I just whiffed quite incredibly. Um, I went from Fugan lining up a Rhino to then go kill the Chosen whilst the Incarn and Wraithguard pick up another Rhino and the Chosen. I'm like, this is game. Sorted. Fugan doesn't kill the Rhino. Incarn whiffs. It's all a disaster. I'm like, oh. So I managed to scrape out an 8-12 loss, which um, which I was actually quite happy with. But James, like, genuinely my most favourite game of the weekend. Like, an absolute pleasure to play. Um, had such a great time. Tom, into his death guard, um, was a 10-10. Lee had won won 17-3. Paul won 11-9 into the Necrons, an absolute slog fest, although apparently five Deathwing Knights, one the Nightbringer. Nightbringer. Um, I wonder if they can still do that. Interesting. Um, I don't think they're supposed to anyway. No. And then Ed... Our Necrons into their Eldar. That's what we wanted to happen. Did it work out? Oh yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, I will, um, and it's not, it's not because he's in the chat right now commenting furiously. Uh, <laughs> I, this was also my favourite game of the weekend. Um, I was playing against um, John Gitley in chat. Had a great time. Um, I will, I will just shout out. He is an incredible player. He plays for Team Finland in age of sigma yeah. this was uh he he before this weekend him and i believe one of his uh, teammates had also only played 10 games of 10th edition 40k had played quite a lot of 9th edition but um it was very much a he was given the list he was told this is what you're going to be playing run some practice games and then i guess i was playing him you know it is 15th game he'd had the whole weekend to practice but um yeah it was it was interesting to play against someone who hasn't played a lot of 40k because there were sometimes i'd we all forget things, but you are like, oh, you know, this is this is this. But then also, it was very clear that he was playing from like a, a world class level with his movement. For example, I found it very difficult to deny him the uh, the scoring on the uh, you know he's always finding an angle to get something into my backfield so we could do teleport homers and uh, behind enemy lines. It was very difficult to shut that down. However, we were playing take and hold. I am Necrons. I went first. And I just put something on every objective. Yeah. And I advanced my Wraith Brick, turn one, the one that set, was sat on my home objective. And I just measured out. And I was like, so what's the smallest base you can put in my backfield? Cool. So I'll just be 11 inches, not leave any gap here. And then I basically didn't move any models apart from my Void Dragon, which slowly slogged towards his Wraith Guard every turn, keeping them pinned behind terrain, <laughs> making some hero saves. I just stayed where I was for four turns of the game then turn five had about a 20 minute turn you know movement phase and just went i don't think you can get onto any of these points i think i've denied you as many points as possible and uh you know you can solve this problem we played our first three rounds in about 45 minutes because we were barely rolling any dice yeah. we played our last two rounds <laughs> in about two hours 15 because it was like right the chess pieces are now we now have to really think we have to crack this puzzle. But uh, yeah, it was a very rough pairing. And um, John had been told, he'd been guaranteed not to have to play Necrons if the pairings were done a certain way. And uh, he disagreed with this because he's, he's done a lot of pairing for, you know, for international teams. And unfortunately, he was misled and he did end up getting Necrons. And we had a lovely time, but... That's a very bad mission to be playing Eldar into Necrons on. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, we uh, we won that one sixty one thirty nine despite Tom having mini panic attacks. Um, but yeah, really fun, um, fun kind of final game. Great group of guys, um, and yeah, that was that was us done. We managed to grab the four one that we'd all hoped and prayed for. Um, obviously, I mean, we spoke about this beforehand. Like it's, I mean, the last year's ITT, we were three and one. Then we got drawn into Dice Down with Gaylard and Vic VJ and Brian Sipe and stuff. So you just don't know what you're going to get. Um, so it was quite nice to have a team of kind of similar skill level and being able to pip it over the pip it over the post really. Yeah, so we, uh, we came seventh mm. on ninety three, so we were very happy with that. So moving on because we've just sort of waxed lyrical for quite a while. Lewis, how was your final round? Our final round, we were into a team called the Overcharged Wobblers, which is one of my favourite team names. And um, I've uh, we, we really enjoyed all, all all of our previous pairings. I think were were really good fun. But this team, I think, when you you have a meeting of minds about where we were at in terms of how we were going to be kind of performing over the course of the weekend, we were all on the same page going into putting those pairings together. And that just immediately sets you on a really positive positive level for you're going to have an absolute cracking game. So I think this probably was our, our most fun round. Um, and uh, I've seen that they've said some very nice things about 6++ plus plus online afterwards as well. So um, on their little Facebook page and that. So um, that's been really nice to see. It's always good to uh, be have that reciprocated. Um, so we went with the classic tactic of putting me out first um, and uh, under the bus into the Chaos Space Marines, um, which was good fun. Um, Jamie Clifford ended up into the Votan, which he was quite happy with. Um, Jamie East ended up into Space Marines, which he was okay with. And then um, Dave ended up in the World Eaters, which uh, didn't work out for him. Um, and Scriver ended up against the Orcs, which also didn't work out. I think potentially if we'd have flipped one or two of those, we might have ended up in a slightly better place. Um, but I think this is where... Um, actually where Mr. Doddy came into his own um, because for part of my game into the CSM I was paying relatively cagey I wasn't pushing out too much and the score was sort of by sort of turn three was still relatively close um, and that's when Jack came up and said if you can get an 18-2 into the Chaos Space Marines I think you can win the round I was like brilliant Yes, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. So that's the point. I just everything goes forward. So like, I've ended up with fire warriors in the middle of the board, stood next to a unit of obliterators, going, "We'll be fine. We'll be fine." Um, taking some very risky fallbacks from um, the warp talons with the ghost kills. So ghost kills can fall back and shoot, but obviously when you fall back off from warp talons, yeah, you take yeah. that desperate. And it's like, don't run a one, don't run a one, um, and. Um, ended up tanking some overwatches from forge fiends and things like that which if i hadn't have been trying to push for these maximum points i would just have been able to avoid um which did cost me a ghost kill but one of the others survived so that was nice um and by that point everybody all of the other games in the round had finished so we had uh, like all, all 10 of us kind of gathered round my table at the end knowing that if i could get that 18 2 we'd win the round otherwise it would be obviously a draw or a loss um and my opponent had 
bottom of turn so he would obviously have that opportunity to score right at the end um, and I managed somehow those fire warriors, that squad of 10 fire warriors stood on the final objective managed to overwatch Chaos Lord and kill him because <laughs> they get to overwatch on force um, and uh, then managed to survive the obliterator charging them to hold that objective um, but in come the fucking nerglings in the corner his last card investigate signals gets his two points to investigate signals with the Nurgling sitting in the opposite corner of the board, meaning it's a 17-3 win to me overall, which means our team, we drew 50-50, which in terms of having the most fun, that was our best round. Um, and it was literally as soon as that was worked out, all of all 10 of us cheered, which was like just amazing. Oh, we were just like, yeah. <laughs> Everyone was hugging each other and it was just like, it's kind of summed up the whole weekend, really. It was it was such a brilliant way to finish. Um, which basically means Legion, two wins, two losses, and a draw. We finished, like, 50th place. So we could bang be average, more bang average if we tried. <laughs> and we did try. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And uh, rounding it out, Rob, how was your final game of the uh, final round of the event? Um, so we, we got the joy of being paired up again and we got to hit uh, the try hard B team, which also happens to be the yes, island really the island WTC team. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough round. Again, Matrix looked just threes and twos everywhere. Um, we uh, went out, I again went out first to try and remove something scary. Ended up with Sisters, which I thought was going to be an okay matchup. I played Jack Tide a few events ago and had a very close fun game against him um so we thought that was drawish this player was better than jack tight is that what you're saying apparently yeah. that's what it seems like so going backwards <laughs> better than liam Faisal. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i got that draw um then we had uh, our necrons into gray knights um our tower into votan our eldar into demons now Black Templars into CSM. So we had all these down as a draw. Um, so we had a little bit of a huddle and just said, look, let's just play a few points. We'll see what we can do and we'll, we'll see where it comes out mid-round mid and we can push if we need to. Um, about halfway through my second turn, uh, Mr. Dotty comes around, the, the hero he is, and shows me the, the projected scores. There's two sevens, an eight and a nine. <laughs> and then, no, it was two sevens, a six and a nine. Um, so yeah. we had a little team huddle and all decided we just need to push. Um, so from that point, um, we all pushed and around later, Jack came around, scores exactly the same. Um, around later, um, I'm at this point, Drukari pushing into sisters doesn't work. It, it, you, you, you can't do it and I shouldn't have done it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was down to about a four. Um, um, but everyone else was up to 16s, 12s. Um, they really pushed and they absolutely played their absolute asses off and um, and saved me the embarrassment from uh, from scoring a, a, a four sixteen when I predicted a three into uh, into sisters. But um, yeah, the the guys just absolutely pulled an absolute shift and uh, really proud of them. And again, Jack Doddy just coming around coaching, just letting everyone know what what the go was that that really saved the round. Fantastic. So yeah. not only did you uh, beat Team Ireland effectively, you got oh, yeah, revenge the, on tryhard. It, it was fifty-four. We won fifty-four uh, forty-six. So yeah, we got we got revenge on tryhard, and we're better than a whole country apparently. 
Perfect. <laughs> Loose world domination begins now. Absolutely. Starting here, uh, Luxembourg next. Not to be dominated, but to be trained. To dominate. Uh, to dominate, absolutely. <laughs> Normally we would do the viewer questions at this point, but uh, half of our podcast are dying, and I'm not going to make them wait up any later. Do we have any closing remarks before we go, anyone want to say anything there? Um, I just wanted to say that uh, well done to like you know we're obviously a growing team, but the fact that Lewis and Rob were able to step up, um, not having captain before, and do such an awesome job um, says a lot. And it's it's always nice to hear lots of wonderful positive things about people who are playing into our teams. Um, so I'm really glad that you know like those sort of team ethoses were pushed across so like a really big thank you to Lewis and uh, Rob and uh, yeah if you haven't played Team 40k before there is a reason why everyone who goes to a team event comes away going ah oh, this is actually uh, this is a lot better than I thought it would be um, this is actually this is amazing you weren't all lying so definitely do your best to uh, check them out even if it's not one of the UKTC ones there's more and more out there you can get anything from three man team events all the way up to eight man team events um, so just give it a go um, because, yeah, they're just when you're fighting and scrapping for every point to make a big difference to your team. And it's not just, oh, I've lost this game. Oh, well, it's actually these two points I'm about to score could make a difference between us winning and losing this round. Um, it, it makes a big difference. So definitely check it out, guys. Lovely stuff. Thank you for watching. We will be back next week. I believe we have a special guest, but you're going to have to wait around to find out who that is. Yeah.